So I'd like to welcome you all here. I'd like to welcome you all for this retreat. It's um, it's really lovely to to see so many here. Um, for those of you who don't know either of us, I'm Norman and this is Brad, and we're both quite delighted. I'm especially delighted to be here because um, I left Canada on Wednesday. I live in Canada. And I flew out in the midst of a, an incredible snowstorm. <laughs> so it's been really lovely to have a, a couple of days here in Devon with some sun, which I understand you haven't had much of until the last few days. So thank you for arranging that for me. <laughs> and uh, lovely to see the daffodils. <laughs> and um, lovely to anticipate the blossoming that can happen here in this meditation hall. Just like to um, just like to begin by speaking a little bit about the the form of the retreat. Um, we just had a, a quick look through the your registration forms and um, noticed that some of you it's your first time on at Gaia House, your first time on this form of retreat. Some of you have been on many retreats in this form. But I'd just like to to mention, um, first of all, the the schedule. And um, has the schedule for tomorrow been posted? Just now. Just now, so you haven't seen it yet. So if it's your first time on a retreat here at Gaia House... um, I'll just prepare you a little bit for the shock. <laughs> um, it's a it's a rather full schedule, um, and um, just some some aspects of it. We'll begin tomorrow morning. We get to sleep in a little bit, and the wake up bell will be at six thirty, and then at seven o'clock we'll have a uh, sitting period together, and. Um, just might mention some of you maybe um, traveled I didn't notice where you all came from but maybe some of you traveled from way up north or maybe some of you um, had long journeys because of the the train situation and so if if you are tired if you've traveled a long distance and and um, it feels appropriate for you then please do sleep in until breakfast tomorrow morning don't feel don't feel that you have to come for the first mm-hmm. sitting at 7 o'clock. Only for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have breakfast and then um, work period. And um, I think you've all got your, your, your work jobs assigned or signed up for. And then um, we'll have a, um, a sitting period at, at, at 9.30. And this is when the instructions or most of the instructions for the for the sitting meditation will be given for the day. So that's a, a very important period for you to be sure to be here for. And then following that is a Qigong period. And at that period, Brad will give the uh, Qigong instructions for most of the day. So that's also a very important period for you to be here for. And then we have a sitting period, and then lunch, and then qigong, and then sitting, and then qigong, and then sitting. <laughs> and, 
So it's, um, it is um, a rather full-on schedule. And um, sometimes we, we, we tend to have, I think it's a, a, a cultural thing, we, we don't like schedules, do we? I know myself, I'm, I really resist schedules. And the less schedule I can have, the happier I am. But, um, but nevertheless, here we do have, we have a very full schedule. And, and I'd actually encourage you to follow the schedule. And um, an important reason for that being that the more we can settle into the schedule and just follow the schedule, the more we can kind of set aside or let go of our usual processes of analyzing and thinking about and commenting on everything. (laughs) The more we can settle into the schedule, the more we become familiar with, ah, there's the bell, sit. Oh, now it's time for Qigong, stand up. Time for Qigong. And just don't have to. We can we can let go of so much of that that commentary, and 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 letting go doesn't necessarily mean it stops. It just means we just don't don't have to pay so much attention to it. And and by settling in in this way, a real rhythm and a flow can be established of sitting to qigong to sitting to qigong to lunch, and and this. Establishing this flow and this this settling really contributes to a settling of body mind, and that settling of body mind is is really useful in the in the meditation practice. And when I speak of meditation practice, I also include the qigong. I, the there, there, there are different forms in the, the meditation, and, it, and it's really unfortunate that so often our image of meditation is just the sitting on the cushion or the bench or the chair, just sitting. And we have this association of sitting with meditation. And so then when we stand up, when Brad says, okay, let's all stand up now, oh, meditation's finished, now it's qigong. But, but really... There's, there's, there's the, the biggest difference, maybe the only difference between the two, is that one is sitting and one is standing. One is still and one has sometimes has some movement. But the practice, the practice, as as we'll explain and talk about, and as hopefully you'll come to really understand and really experience, is no different from one to the other. The shape of the body, the posture of the body, the stillness or movement, none of that none of that needs to prevent us from being mindful, from being present, from being awake. And so when I speak of meditation I include the qigong as well as the sitting and we'll also do some walking meditation during the retreat. So real encouragement to to follow the schedule, so that primarily so that you'll you'll ha- you'll give yourselves the opportunity and the gift of settling of settling body mind, so that the inner life and the relationship of that with the outer life 
can become so much more clear, so much more obvious, without all the the interpretations and commentary and criticisms and likes and dislikes and and all that comes with the the mental activity. I might also mention that the um, the sitting in the afternoon at three fifteen. Uh, most days will be a guided, a guided sitting period. And in that period, there will be more instructions given or different instructions given. So really important that you be here for that period as well. Okay, so that's the, um, that's the schedule. And, and, and remembering that the schedule is really meant as a support. It really is a support for the for the practice. And just like to um, speak briefly about another support, <coughs> and that <coughs> excuse me, another support is a glass of water. So another support that that I think was was mentioned in the um, in the coordinator's opening talk, and that's what's commonly referred to as the five precepts. And the five precepts it's it's are five agreements that we have that are intended primarily to um, primarily to support us in being together in harmony in community. And the, the precepts, which are posted in a couple of different places around the house, and you can, you can read them, um, the precepts, the actual translation, the literal translation of the precepts, each of the precepts begins with the phrase, I undertake the training to refrain from. And so the, the precepts are not so much rules like, thou shalt not or you shouldn't but rather they are I, inten- I, I undertake so they're intentions they're intentions so I undertake I intend to I undertake the training and so the precepts are practices they're intentions and they're practices and, and I think both aspects, it's really interesting how the Buddha put in both aspects, because so often I think we have really good intentions, but we don't take our intentions as practices. And so very often our intentions don't go very much beyond just being an idea that we have. So there, I undertake the training, I undertake a practice, I intend to have this practice to refrain from. And then each of the precepts is something to undertake the training to refrain from. So I refrain from killing, which has the obvious meaning of refraining from killing living beings. And um, I, like, I like to expand each of the precepts somewhat. 
And and the first one, when I when I think of expanding this first one, I think of of um, phrases like um, killing the spirit. You know, and and the the different ways that we that we can kill the spirit of someone else, and ways that we kill our own spirit by being judgmental and self-critical, and being hard on ourselves. And so, so killing is has has a can have a, a broader meaning. And I could go on and on and on, expanding on on each of these. So I just want to touch on them briefly. And the second one, the literal translation is taking what is not offered. To refrain from taking what is not offered. So it's about it's really about bringing mindfulness to our relationship to things to our own things and to things that belong to others, things that are offered to us and things that aren't offered to us. And so bringing, some, bringing mindfulness and, and having some discriminating wisdom in our relationship to things. And so, so being careful not to, not to take what isn't clearly offered and again, this is, it's a training, it's a practice. And the third one, the third one is, um, for lay people, is generally translated as refrain from sexual misconduct. And for monastics and for on retreats, for us on retreats, it's taken to mean observing celibacy, so not engaging in sexual activity. The, the literal translation of it is to refrain from sensual misconduct. And so it's really about being aware of what we're taking in through all of the sense doors and how we may be misusing them. And um, Brad's going Brad's to speak about the silence, but just one aspect I want to mention here is that one, one way that this, this precept can impact on us is how much are we reading during the retreat? And I think Brad will say a little bit more about it, but there's so much posted around, so many things all through the house that can just grab the attention and come in. And then we come and sit, and we see how it's just going round and round and round in the mind. Sensual misconduct outside of retreat in our everyday lives how much television do we watch how many newspapers do we read how much time do we spend on the computer on um, the, uh, the the social the social media sites so it's really giving attention to what we're taking in how we're taking it in and how it's affecting us And then I undertake training to refrain from speaking falsely. And um, again, here on the retreat, we're in silence. So it doesn't seem like a big deal to not speak falsely. But it's also, how am I speaking to myself? What kinds of things are you telling yourselves? And how true are they all? Okay, so speaking, not speaking falsely. And the last one is I undertake the training to refrain from 
the use of substances that lead to carelessness or heedlessness. And generally it's, it refers to alcohol and recreational type drugs, but um, sometimes we notice, you know, maybe you notice that at tea time. Sometimes the food is so good. <laughs> we, oh, I think I'll have some seconds. <laughs> and then... Um, and then we come and sit down and the stomach feels a little bit bloated, maybe there's some gas. And so, has that been skillful or has it been careless? Okay, so, so these, are the, these are the practices that we take on. And, and ultimately, all of these practices come down to one thing. And it comes down to living in a way that that is with kindness, with caring, with compassion, with respect for ourselves and each other. Okay, so if we can if we can just remember that, to live in a way that there is kindness, compassion, caring, and respect for ourselves and each other. If we remember that, I think we'll cover all of all of the precepts. Okay, so we have these these as supports for practice. These, these guidelines and these agreements as supports for practice. So the practice, the practice, and of course we'll we'll speak a lot more about the practice through the days and we'll have different forms, different techniques. But the, the foundation, as I'm sure most of you, if not all of you are aware, the foundation of the practice is mindfulness. And mindfulness, mindfulness means bringing our attention to what's actually happening. A lot of the time, we're bringing our attention to what we think is happening, or how we think it's happening, or what it means, how we interpret it. But it's bringing attention to what's actually happening. What's my actual experience in this moment? Without judging it, without comparing it to other experiences, without wanting more or less of it. <clears throat> it's opening to our lives just as it is from moment to moment. And we open to our lives, we open in this way for a couple of reasons. One reason being that in this opening, in this allowing our experience to be just as it is without needing to change it, without needing it to be different, it brings calming. It calms the body-mind. And so we get calmness, we get relaxation, we get some ease just from the fact of being mindful. That, that the, 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 the quality of mindfulness also allows us to stay present with what's happening to stay present in a way that we're not starting to look for something else, not trying to get away from what is, 
not trying to get more of it, but just to be open in a very calm, very steady, very steady way. And often, hopefully, in an effortless way. And in that in that staying present, in that in that presence is the opportunity to come to know our experience in a very different way. And through that knowing of the experience in a very different way, we come to we can come to very profound understanding of this body mind. And this this profound understanding of of the nature, the actual nature of body-mind, the actual nature of me, the nature of life, this is what we refer to as insight. And so we call this insight meditation. And so these, these two aspects, the calmness and the insight, these are the fruits that come from this foundation of mindfulness. And it's the it's the it's really the, the insight that transforms the inner in a way that the calmness, which is what the calmness and relaxation, which is often what we're really looking for, is is more stable. It's more reliable because it's come not from some technique or some method, but it's come from some deep inner understanding that really transforms our life. And so the retreat, the schedule, the, the precepts, the silence, the different forms, all of it are supports, supports for us to really settle into and connect with the calmness and the insight. So I think that's enough about about these supports. So at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Brad. Mm. So I'd like to welcome you all to Guy House and welcome you to this extraordinary gift that you're giving yourself by being here. Especially amidst the busyness of life. To take these few days, these five or six days, to do very little. Maybe over the the retreat to increasingly do more little. doesn't make sense does it to do less <laughs> not to do <laughs> yeah so the the retreat is a real gift for yourself and just getting here for many of us can be quite a journey to be able to lay aside the responsibilities and all that we're doing in our life and to value and give importance to space and silence and resting, connecting. So I want to appreciate all that it's taken, all of us, 
to get to be in this hall this evening. And all of the people that support us getting here and being here. Quite an extraordinary web of connection and interconnection that allows these conditions to come together so that we can sit here. Norman and I were having a conversation a few years ago and it's one of those conversations that an aspect of it stuck in my mind and I said to Norman, what, what do you think really is the most essential aspect of practice? And I was kind of thinking it would be something very erudite or very kind of esoteric or very kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of well-read Buddhist kind of philosophy. And Norman said, receptivity. I don't know if you remember that conversation. I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it struck me because we can get so complex with practice. And yet to kind of bring it down to the simpleness, simplicity of being receptive. Being receptive to this experience through this body, heart and mind. And as Norman was pointing to, this receptivity allows a real calming, a real settling, a real grounding. Because so much of our life isn't about being receptive to this. So we go out. And the nature of this retreat is like a journey to return here moment to moment to return here to come back here 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 everything you've ever wanted for is here dare we come back and return and rest here this is the invitation and the possibility in these days and to cultivate that receptivity and to deepen with that. It's not about trying. It's a profound surrender of effort. And Norman spoke about the different supports that help, different conditions that help us rest and this non-efforting. Another support is each and every one of us. Could you imagine sitting in this hall if it's just me and Norman, and you? It'd be quite intense, wouldn't it? <laughs> We'd be speaking to you all the time. But we're speaking to you and everyone. So there's a real sense of support that we give each other through being here. And we think of support in our life that we 
receive from other people is something that they've got to do to support us. The support, this profound support that we're all offering each other already is simply through being here. Through being here. And part of the Maybe it's the medium of a lot of the support is silence. Part of the ability to receive the teachings is the fact that there's silence. And so much of our life there's so much input to our senses whether it's hearing or seeing, thinking our senses are flooded with too much information so very little can go in it's a effect of the overwhelm of our being nervous system, mind And on retreat, part of the intention is we're not feeding that. We're not putting more and more information in in that way. And the silence is part of that intention. So we can rest in the silence. And in doing so, we're connected with each other. So the silence as a support has many more practical components. And I'll speak of maybe one of the most challenging in the modern day retreat, and that's our mobile phone. Something has happened in our culture where the mobile phone is almost an extension of who we are. And we ask on the retreat that you switch your phone off and you leave it off for the duration of the retreat. It's another way that we overwhelm, bring in too much information, but also it's a very strong way that we distract ourselves from just being simple and being here. Now, if you've left your mobile phone as an emergency contact number with someone then what we ask is that you just text them the guy house phone number and that number is manned throughout the day and there's an emergency contact number on that number at night if someone needs to contact you in the middle of the night and someone will come to guy house So there's no need to have your phone on. If you find it's too tempting to have your mobile phone in your room with you, go and hand it in at reception. Give it away for five days. There's some 
part of us in the phone I feel is we're seeking connection and in the retreat situation we take the step back into the connection here and from that place of being here the sense of being able to connect is much more profound and immediate another aspect of the silence is that we Norman mentioned it we ask that you let go of reading throughout the retreat it can be another way of just putting more information in a lot of what happens on the first few days of the retreat is like an emptying mind, body, heart emptying, emptying, emptying creating some space yeah, it's a bit like fasting of our being so that we're not filling ourselves Bring some space so we can really get what is. So we suggest that you don't read during the retreat. We suggest you don't go into the library and pull off a book off a shelf. Just to give yourself a break from that input. Similar with writing. Some people like to journal or write notes. If there has been a particularly illuminating realization, please feel free to make very short, and I'm saying a sentence note. But best not to be writing down all the things that are happening throughout the day. It can become another distraction. Something I have to do. Something I have to do. If I don't do this, I won't remember this. It's letting go of holding on to that. You may have come here with a, a loved one or a good friend. The biggest gift you can give them on the retreat is to not be contacting them not be checking in how they're doing, not writing notes. To let them be also, in the way that I was mentioning at the beginning. The biggest gift you can do is hold them in your heart. Let them be free to have their own experience here. If you're concerned about anybody, whether it's a loved one or anybody else on retreat, please leave a note for Norman and I and, and myself. Please don't go up to someone and check in with how they're doing. Leave a note for us, or come and get us if it's something more serious. So on that level of support, Norman and I are here for you. It's um, Sometimes on retreat we think, oh, I can't bother the, ret- the teachers. They're having a nice kind of quiet thing up in the teacher's wing. We're here for you. So please do reach out if you need support. That's why we're here. Yeah? We're here for you. And we'll we'll meet with you all in small groups throughout the retreat. And also the opportunity for one-to-one, signing up for one-to-ones with us. Do make use of us as a resource, as a support. Any, any questions about what we've said so far? Anything that needs to clar- be clarified?
you. So the, the Qigong, I'll just say a few words about Qigong. Gung means cultivation, Qi means life force or energy, so it's a cultivation of life force. And um, I'd really like to rename it on this retreat. We'll still say Qigong because it's just easier, but really the, it's shorthand for Vipassana Gung. <laughs> Yeah, so that what the intention with the Qigong practice here is a cultivation of insight, revelation, true knowing, true seeing. And seeing deeply to the nature of this life, this experience. So that's the intention with the Qigong. It's more of a being than a doing practice. We're not trying to get anywhere. We're not trying to apply techniques to make energy move or do this, that or the other. We're simply through the practice of awareness and the practice of body movement, posture, calling ourselves to a greater degree of awareness. And as Norman was talking about, we're interested in cultivating awareness and in qualities of awareness particular qualities of awareness that are useful for practice. And I'll name a few. Mention Norman, kind, men, Norman mentioned kindness. Yeah, so cultivating qualities of the heart. Heartfulness. And cultivating quality of awareness that is more open, more spacious. Less dense, more light more open, more receptive. The early morning practice of Qigong, which we'll start with on Sunday, is more vigorous. It's designed to really get the body going, waking up the body energy, just refreshing. The rest of the practice throughout the day will be much more stilling. And in the Qigong tradition, we refer to Qigong as playing Qigong. So it's not like something, I've got to work hard at this. It's a playful quality. Yeah? And there's, in that playful quality, there's a real innocence, a curiosity. So we'll be playing Qigong throughout the day. just allowing the body to settle into the sitting posture that has the most possible ease. I'll speak more about posture, the sitting posture, tomorrow morning. But for now, just two points. One is that as much as possible, the body be upright so that the back and the neck are reasonably straight. And if you're sitting in a chair, unless there's a back or a neck issue, unless there's been some injury or some condition of the back or the neck, I suggest shifting a little bit forward so that you're not leaning back in the chair.
but really sitting upright (coughs) with wakefulness. And the second point is allowing the eyelids to find, to settle into the position with the least tension. So whether the eyes are opened or closed or partly opened or partly closed, just finding the position that gives the most ease, the least tension. slowly now moving the attention down through the body as you move down through the body being receptive to however the life of the body is showing whatever sensations or experience are showing in the different parts of the body following the movement of the qigong, possibly feeling (coughs) some vibration or some pulsing, perhaps some heat. Just noticing whatever your actual experience is. There's no right or wrong, nothing that you should experience or shouldn't experience. being receptive to the life of the body just as it is. Moving the attention down through the body and coming to rest in a place of contact of the body with the ground. Opening to that contact, to the experience of the contact, And through that contact, allowing for grounding of body-mind. As you rest in that contact, allowing for the settling of the body, allowing for the contact, for the grounding. I'd just like to 
mention again one point that Brad made, and that's just a reminder that we are here to support you. And during the retreat, we'll meet with each of you in small groups, and there'll be opportunity for you to sign up for individual meetings as well. And I want to emphasize that at any point, if you feel the need, don't hesitate to leave a note for either one of us, and we'll give a time for an individual meeting. resting on the ground, being supported by the ground. And as you feel ready, gently opening the awareness, opening receptivity to a more general sense of the body, just sitting. Opening to however the body is showing or manifesting, whether it be sensations or pulsing or throbbing or heat or coolness. Ease and comfort or discomfort. A sense of being stable and balanced or a sense of being off balance. opening to your actual experience of body just sitting, not trying to get anything, not trying to get rid of anything, not visualizing or describing or commenting on very simply being present with the actual physical experience.
when the attention meets with something other than the body experience, whether it be a sound or some thoughts, very simply to recognize what's being met with. And without going into it, without following it, without adding commentary to it, simply recognizing it, and open again to the experience of body just sitting. not trying to stop these other experiences, but not engaging in them. Rather, recognizing them as they show and opening again to the body experience, beginning again and again. And again, If you find that you're very distracted or if you find that in opening the awareness 
to more of the general sense of the body, then settle again into the contact with the ground. Allow the body to come to rest, to be grounded. And when you have that sense, as you feel ready, again, gently opening, allowing a receptivity to the more general sense. So as I mentioned, we'll have a sitting together at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, and then breakfast and work period, and then at 9.30, um, some instruction on the posture and the, the sitting meditation. And so please have a good rest, have a good sleep, and see you in the morning.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.